Hey guys, thank you for joining me today. My name is Dr. Tom LaHue and uh, welcome to my channel. We're going to talk about the Enneagram. We're going to talk about type fives and we're going to do the type five checklist. Before we get started, just a reminder that in the description below is a link to my website, tomlahue.com, where you can book Enneagram coaching appointments. Uh, if you want to uh, uh, meet with me on Zoom and talk about um, how to be a healthier you or how to get along with, better with the people in your life, I'd love to hear from you. Also on my website is a link to uh, Enneagram certificate programs. If you are interested in becoming a, an Enneagram coach or you want to add that to uh, to your list of talents and abilities and special powers, I would love for you to check out uh, the programs that I offer on Enneagram and the Christian Life and Enneagram and Relationships and Enneagram and uh, Coaching. And who knows, maybe there'll be some more programs on there. But uh, check that out. And also there's a link to uh, my daughter's YouTube channels. Um, and uh, I know that they would uh, they would love to, to see you on their channels as well. Okay, so thanks again to my patrons. I really appreciate your support on Patreon. I know you don't have to do it, and uh, I'm just thankful that you believe in the channel and are supporting the channel. So um, let's uh, start with uh, Enneagram Type 5, and we're going to be looking today at the book, um, The Enneagram Guide to Waking Up by Beatrice Chestnut, if you haven't got this book yet. Uh, it's fantastic, and I think it's really helpful. And so we're going to uh, look at the checklist that she has in this uh, section on, chap on, on type 5. Before she lists that checklist, we just want to go through that checklist. We're going to spend a little bit of time looking at the little narrative that she, she provides about what it was like for type 5 when they were a child. Um, kind of the story that you heard as a child and um, how you came into this world. So let's give that a second, and then we'll go to the checklist, and we'll just kind of go through that checklist and talk about it and see how much of it you relate to if you are a type 5. If you are a type 5 or you have somebody in your family that's a type 5, um, maybe you'll be able to identify with this list. I've said before in my videos that my father, uh, who passed away last year, is uh, was a type 5. Uh, probably type five wing six, and my son uh, Harrison is a five wing four. So I've got a lot of experience with type fives. Now that being said, probably you guys that are fives are going to be the most challenging when learning this kind of information. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, as I go through this information and talk about what the text says and then relay my experiences of being around fives or observing fives, there's a tendency within fives to be like, well, I'm not so sure about that. Well, that's not really true of me. Or I don't think you have this all, you know, quite nailed down or quite, uh, uh, you know, figured out. And I think that's part of being a five is you guys are thinking types, like serious thinking types. And it's likely that as I explain my experience with type fives, that you'll think, well, I don't know about that. I'm not really sure about that. Actually, actually, actually. I had a, one of you sent me um, an email the other day about what it's like to be a type 5. Okay, now that's very faint because I didn't put it in the right font color. But they said, hey, Tom, I watched your videos on type 5s and I want to send you. And I'm really glad he did because this is really fantastic stuff. I'm going to have to make a video just on my interactions with this email. But I just want you to see this, okay? This is from a type five, okay? Hey Tom, 
I, I think you're missing a couple of points that maybe you should include in your videos. How many pages is this, guys? Um, you know, it's a lot. It's still going. I think you're, I think you're, I mean, it's a term paper. And what was funny is in the, in the email, you know, the, the fellow said, I don't think I really dump truck information on people. I don't think I do that. You said in one of your videos that fives tend to like either withhold information or they just dump truck information. I don't think I do that, which I found kind of ironic because isn't this kind of like dump trucking information? I mean, it's like 10 pages and I appreciate it. And I, and I read it. And I was like, wow, that's really good. Wow. That's really good. Wow. That's really good. And like I said, I'll probably make a video on an email I got from a five helping me understand what I don't understand about fives. And I think fives to some degree are kind of drawn to that information that others don't understand. Especially when you have that four wing, like what, what about this information is unique and special? That's what I want to know. I want to know what others don't know. I want to create that specialization of knowledge of what others don't know. Okay, so all of that is to say, forewarning to you guys, as I start to plow through uh, what Chestnut says, and I start to, you know, ruminate on my own experiences don't be surprised as a five if you tend to push back a little bit and say, I don't know if this guy knows what he's talking about. Just realize that in itself is part of your fiveness, okay? I don't really know if he knows what he's talking about. I don't really know. I don't really, I'm going to, you know, detach here and think about this some more. Just realize that's part of what it means to be a five, in my opinion. And right now, maybe you're going, no, he doesn't, that's not true. You might be doing it right now, okay? Just interesting stuff, how this works. Okay, so the path, she calls it the path from avarice to non-attachment. First of all, that's an interesting thing that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to spend some more time thinking about and talking about. Um, non-attachment versus detachment. Because fives tend to be detached. That's how they would come across to the rest of us. You guys would come across like you're detached. Like you don't want to be... You don't want to be bounced around by everybody else's energy, bounced around by everybody else's demands, bounced around by everybody else's schedules. And so you tend to detach away from the group, detach away from others, and detach yourself away from needing others or being needed by others. And so it's interesting that like the healing path for the five is what's called non-attachment. And that's very different than detachment. Um, non-attachment, non-attached so much to preserving your energy, preserving your space, preserving your time, uh, becoming a little less, a little more fluid in that and a little less attached to preserving all of that. I don't know. We're gonna, I'm going to have to study it some more. I'm going to have to think about it. And then I'm sure there'll be, you know, a video on it because that's what I do. I turn everything into videos. All right. So, um, once upon a time, you can hear my voice. I've been kind of recovering from uh, sinuses. So if I start doing voices today, which is one of the gifts of a seven, is to be able to do stupid voices. Um, it, 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 when I start hearing voices, now that's the problem. When I start, you know, saying voices, it's fine. But start hearing voices, well, then I've got I've got another issue. Okay, so we'll see what the voices sound like today. Once upon a time, there was a person named Five. And Five came into this world. I think this is just beautiful. 
and and it's not something you would associate with a five, but it's so interesting, and I wonder as fives if you relate to this. This five, as a child, as a young person, he or she came into this world, and this is what she says, with a mission to connect deeply with everyone and everything. Like, originally, when you came into this world with this desire to connect deeply, now, that sounds so opposite of fives. Detached. Detached away from others and uh, from from the environment around them. But notice, like, when you came into this world on a mission to connect deeply. So right at the center, at the outset of this conversation, when we talk about detachment, we can't help but flip that to the other, the other side of detached would be connected. So connection and detachment, whether or not you're connected or not, is going to be central to understanding what fiveness is all about. And I don't think that fives when they begin their journey thinking about what it means to be a five, I don't think that the word connection and how connected I am, I don't think that's going to be one of the first things that's going to pop into their their thinking. They're going to think like information, knowledge, uh, boundaries, space, preserving energy. They're going to be like, yes, 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 yes. But right at the outset, it's like connection and whether or not I'm connecting well or not, or whether I should just detach away, that's right at the center of fiveness. And remember, five is a fear type. And fives might not look like a fear type. They don't look like sixes, who are obviously fear types. Sevens, you know, afraid of missing out, afraid of, of being unfulfilled, unsatisfied, a fear, fear of pain. But fives, it's like a fear of being intruded on, a fear of of demands on their space, time, and energy, um, and fear of connection, or other people abusing that connection, or fear of not being able to connect when I need to connect. Let's just keep that in the let's just keep that in the background of our minds there for a moment. Is that at the center of what it means to be a five? in some way is going to include this concept of connections or the difficulties and challenges related to connecting to other people. Okay, we're getting deep. We're getting deep for a seven. It might not feel very deep for a five, but it feels deep for me. Okay, Uh, to connect with everyone and everything. But at the same time, because of the kind of person she was or he was, they had a tendency to detach Uh, themselves away from others, and even sometimes you might say from their own heart or their own emotional space or the demands their emotions might have over them. So already I start to think about that four wing. You know, you as fives, you have a four wing. Whether you've developed that four wing or whether it's comfortable or whether you stretch into it very often or not, you have a four wing, which is what? All about knowing yourself. It's all about knowing your own uh, heart. It's all about knowing your own intuition, your own feelings, sitting with yourself and figuring out how you feel about things and what does it mean. Right there is a four wing. Okay. Um, when they were young, they tried to, they tried, he or she tried to create these heartfelt connections with others, but it felt like people had a tendency to invade your space. Um, and sometimes you wanted to be alone, but other people were intrusive into your space. 
and it was like you couldn't you couldn't control that or sometimes when you wanted to connect with others they were unavailable to you and you got the message that they were just unavailable and so connecting to people becomes problematic for fives really it's problematic for all of us okay but problematic for fives in that it seems like it's like People connect in extremes, and fives want it very balanced. People connect, they're either too intrusive, and they're invading your space, and they're being loud, and they're being rambunctious, and they're, they're, they're being you know intrusive, or when you went out to try to connect with them, they seemed unavailable to you, and they didn't seem like they were, and so connecting to people becomes difficult, like complex, like I don't think I'm doing this right. It's like other people, I see them just like connecting and, and you know, getting along and and they seem very happy connecting to people. And it just feels like I'm not able to really like navigate those connections very well. Like, so maybe I just need to stop trying to connect with people. And fives might tend to like withdraw and detach away from the group or detach away from the the herd. Six is the herd, right? And so, right, again, we start to see the wings. Six is the herd. Six is the community. Sixes want to be right in the center of that herd. Well, where's the seven? The seven is departed away from the herd to go after their own agenda. Where's the five? Departed away from the herd, um, isolating themselves away from the group because it just seems like I don't know how to navigate these connections right. It seems like I'm too much for people or they're too much for me. And like their their energy's too much, and it seems depleting to me. It seems invasive and intrusive, or it seems like um, uh, my needs are too much for them. And so fives tend to isolate away from the herd. And again, sixes are the herd. So immediately you start to see like when a five makes an effort to come up to the surface and move with people around them and become more compliant. Sixes are a compliant type. Fives a withdrawn type. Um, you know, that's a good move for most six fives to try to stretch into that six wing a little bit more to include themselves more as a part of the community. Okay. Think about Ebenezer Scrooge, the Grinch. Those are, you know, kind of proverbial classic examples, in my opinion, of fiveness. Um, fiveness in an unhealthy place. Yes. But fiveness, Scrooge, Grinch, are they members of a community? No. No, they they kind of bark and growl at the community, and they move, they feel most comfortable isolated away in their observatory tower, looking down on Whoville, uh, with this tiny little heart. You know, that's how he's pictured the Grinch, a tiny little heart. Um, and so, as fives, we want to grow that heart. We want to expand that heart. I think fives do have big hearts. It's just we may not have access to that heart, and that's part of what the avarice is. Um, is detaching that heart away from others because it just feels problematic. It feels greasy and like and like um, you know disconcerting or difficult to try to navigate all this relational stuff. Like I'm not good at that. Like I'm not I'm not skilled at that. So maybe I should just kind of move away from that. And again, I don't know that I have this completely figured out. I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, so. Before you get frustrated, like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, well, how well would you explain sevens, okay? I mean, I'm trying to explain a different type. Um, and I'm only going to do that as well as I can do that, not being a five myself. I'm doing it as an observer of fives. Like I said, I've watched my dad, you know, for 
50 years, I watched my dad and how he interacted. And I've watched my son for 15 years, how he interacts. And um, just trying from my perspective to read, understand, and then figure out what must be going on. And I can never do that perfectly. So, So before you send me, you know, your term paper, just realize... We're all on the same team here, okay? All right, <clears throat> what's next? Um, both intrusion and unavailability were a constant concern for the five. Intrusion, other people are going to intrude on me or unavailability. When I need them, they're not available to me. A constant concern. Constant concern. Concern almost sounds like worry, which almost sounds like anxiety, which almost sounds like fear type. Okay, because you as a five might think, how am I a fear type? Constant worry and concern that other people will be intrusive or that uh, feelings themselves will become intrusive on me or uh, when I go out and need other people, they'll be unavailable to me. There's constant concern. That's a fear type. Okay, I'm trying to help you see how you could see yourself more as a fear type. Okay, um... It made it difficult for the five to know what to do when they felt intruded on or neglected. Um, Now, this is interesting. They secretly felt inadequate or different from others. Well, there it is. See, the six, that's the group I want to fit in. Five feels different than um, or inadequate. You know, fives, threes, and ones are all a part of a competency group meaning they want to believe themselves to be competent at something. And fives, I think it's more in the headspace of knowledge and information. And if you don't believe me, then just try watching a video of someone who you feel like doesn't know what they're talking about. Or be a, be a student in a class where a professor doesn't know what they're talking about. And watch how difficult that is for you as a five to be in the space um, of someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. It shows you immediately that you care about competency of information, Like, why would I waste my time listening to someone who doesn't know what they're talking about? All right, fives are very concerned with competency. But there is this fear of being incompetent, a fear type. Once again, you see yourself as a fear type, a fear of being incompetent, a fear of being inept, a fear of an an ineptitude or not having an aptitude. I'm not sure how to say that right. Uh, Not having an aptitude for something. Um, A fear of inadequacy and then sometimes a feeling of being different. I always say fours want to be different. Fives actually are. Fours, what makes me different and special? Fives, they just are chasing what they like and sometimes they do come across very different. Um, Okay. And they're just being themselves. They're not trying to be different. They just, just are. You march to the beat of a different drum because I think fives just go out interested in what they're interested in, liking what they like, and not necessarily thinking about, am I fitting in with everybody else? Am I, you know, doing what I need to do in order to be a part of the group? I don't think fives are necessarily super concerned about that. Okay. Secretly feeling different from others, trying to find ways to connect, and it ends up just frustrating me. Like, I don't know how to connect. Like, I don't know how to navigate these waters. Like, I'm trying, I'm trying, but, you know, I said something and that was taken wrong. And so, obviously, I'm not 
I don't have the pixie dust. I don't have the wiffle dust, you know, over me of like being able to just connect with people easily. It seems like it's a lot of work. It seems like people get offended. It seems like, you know, I'm too much for them. So what's the point? You know, what's the point? And eventually, why wouldn't you give up? Okay. All right. Um, trying to find ways to just, just forget. Finally, they gave up. Finally, they gave up. Disconnected more and more from others and even from possibly their own feelings. Like, you know, most people would feel sad about that. But eh, what's the point of feeling sad about that? Fives found uh, that they felt calm and comfortable um, when they spent a lot of time by themselves. You know, nobody's intruding on your space. And so you're able to like sort through all of your thoughts and your thinking, and you might tend to live a little bit in your head. Um, and you might say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, there's nothing inherently wrong with, you know, living in that head space. It's just balance is a good thing, right? Balance tends to be a good thing in life. Most of the time, balance is a good thing. So are you balancing your time in your head space uh, with time with other people in their space? You know, is it, is it balanced? Um, that might be something that you might work for is a little more balance in your life. Spending time by yourself. Fives, and remember, what's so bad about that? What about so bad about living by in my own space or, you know, living in my own, my own um, you know, private area of life, my own room, my own lair, my basement, my cabin, my uh, little outpost at the edge of the village. What's, so, okay. You're arguing with yourself. You're not arguing with me. Remember how the chapter started? They came into the world with a mission to connect deeply with everyone and everything. And now look at you, living in your own private space. Don't forget that when you came into this world, you had this desire and this mission to connect with everyone and everything. And now you have found yourself not being very connected with everyone and everything, being quite disconnected. Are you very happy? Really? Are you very happy with, with where you're at in life? Are you very content? And if you are, and it's totally working for you, then maybe this video is just more information that you can stack into your file drawer of information. But maybe there's still a part of you that that original dream of being connected to others and being available and walking with others, not away from others. Okay, let's just kind of hear that balance in life. Lost their ability to connect with people the way they wanted to. Um, they forgot how to let them know that they wanted to get closer to them and that they missed them. And so, you know, if, if you woke up a little more to your own feelings, you might feel the pain of, I don't, I don't, I don't like being all alone in life. I've kind of ended up all alone in life. It hasn't been obvious to me, you know, that I should go out looking for and making friends or building alliances with people. That hasn't been obvious to me. I know my uh, daughter, Grace, who was talking with a friend of hers, who's a five, you know, has been at a new university for the last year in graduate school and grace asked her friend who's a five oh have you made any new friends fair enough good question right have you made any new friends in graduate school 
And the five, it had never occurred to her that she should be trying to. She's not there for friends. In her mind, she's there for school. She's there to earn a graduate degree. It never occurred to her. It was just not on the radar. Like, oh, that's something I should be working at. That's something That's something that I should be trying to do. It just. It was just a blind spot. It doesn't mean she's a bad person. She's a great person. It's just <clears throat> the rest of us, imagine a six, for example, right next to you. It's just the the rest of us might be a little bit like not knowing how to relate to you like um like maybe maybe there are people that would want to be your friend but you're just not available it's kind of like there's a sign on you that says no vacancy you know no vacancy sorry full up and then the question is is are you really do you really already have so many friends in your life So many people in your life that you can count on and call on whatever, you know, interactions you, you've got so many people in your life already that are available to you that you don't need to make another friend. Good for you. Then I'm really happy for you, but it's just interesting, isn't it? Okay. Um, five forgot about. Her fundamental need for connection and got used to being alone. Um, you know, it's more comfortable to be by yourself, maybe. It feels safer. Ooh, fear type. It feels safer without all these demands on my space and time and energy. Um, it feels safer being by myself. Um easier easier than being with people oh people are exhausting exhaustion fear of exhaustion people are exhausting people are difficult people are complicated people are frustrating now i want you to see like if you keep going in that energy you're going to look like a curmudgeon you're going to look like an old curmudgeon that's what you're going to look like you know, barking at people. I got an old neighbor that's a five. And I'm not sure who barks at the kids on the street more. His dog or him. You could look like an old curmudgeon if you're not careful. It wasn't Ebenezer Scrooge an old curmudgeon. It wasn't, you know, the Grinch an old curmudgeon. That's, you know, the old guy that barks at kids for, you know, stepping on his lawn. Okay. It's easier than being with people. No, no, I know you're like, oh, this guy doesn't like fives. I love fives the same as I love everybody. We're all broken, all of us, okay? Watch my other videos on other types. I pick on everybody equally, okay? Not just fives. I love fives. Just... You guys, you're going to grow up to be an old curmudgeon if you're not careful. That's what's going to happen. If you don't question these impulses, if you don't push back on these compulsions, if you don't stretch into your wings and grow, if you don't think about what's going on and you just assume that your way of interacting is the right way in life, 
you're going to grow up to just be an old curmudgeon. And, um, you know, that's a very lonely place to be. You need people in your life. We all do. None of us are an island unto ourselves. We have neighbors, and we need those neighbors. Look at Six. Six knows this. Six knows that they need their neighborhood. You could stretch into that and say, you know what? I do need other people in my life. One day, if I have a crisis, I'm going to need those people. So I might need to be available to them in their crisis. And you know, as a five, you have a tremendous ability to help people sort through crisis. To like sort through all of their emotional feelings to get to what actually the information is. And to make some difficult decisions in a more objective way. You're, you're super skilled at doing that. You could be of great support to people if you could get, overcome your fear of being depleted and being exhausted by all of their heavy demands. Okay. Fives liked learning, and often they like learning on their own. You know, fives, fives could be considered those kids that are unteachable. Is unteachable, you know, like Einstein, unteachable. But fives love learning. So they're always learning, but they're hard to teach. It's interesting, isn't it? They're self-taught. They go out into this world to learn information. The question is, the challenge is, is why, do, why are you learning that information? Is it to accomplish something or is it an end unto itself? In other words, do you just like learning information? Are you learning something so that you can then go do it? You know, a lot of us, like, we sit down and we learn information because we're trying to accomplish something. We're trying to do something. We're trying to change or transform the, the, transform the, 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 the area around us in some way. Is that why you're drawn to information is because you're trying to be effective and you need this information so you can be more effective or is it an end into it un, unto itself? I just like learning things. I just like amassing information. I feel, you know, safe in that. I like storing all this in my in my noggin, in my cranium. But what but what are you doing with that information? You know, five has a line to eight. Eights are doers. Eights wake up in the morning like doing the agenda. Like, I'm going to go do this, and if you want to come with me, you can. But don't get in my way, because I'm moving forward with action. Okay, when fives are healthy, they're able to do that a little more. Like, you know, you're the one with all the information. Why aren't you leading the group? Why is the eight leading the group? Because they're because they're louder? Because they're they're confident? Why are they leading everybody? Why are they the boss? You're the one with all the facts. You're the one that's done all the research. You're the one that has all the answers. Why aren't you taking the leadership and taking authority and filling your space? Why aren't you a force to be reckoned with? You're a five. Move up that line to eight and take leadership and take action and move the ball forward and change the the environment and transform your environment. Oh, well, that's going to be a lot of ugh, dealing with people, and that's going to be a lot of expense of my energy, and yeah, it will be. 
And I think if as the healthier you are as a five, the more eight-like we might see you looking. You might look a little bit more like an eight. Okay. Um, happy with our identity of being self-sufficient and a self-contained person who knows a lot about a lot of things. Okay. Um, very happy to be autonomous and self-sufficient, specializing in some area of information, some area of work, some body of knowledge, specializing in that. Um, but you know, let me ask you this question. How predictable is your life? Have you gotten very predictable? Are you very spontaneous? Is there anything spontaneous about you? Or have you become very predictable? Um, chances are you've become quite predictable uh, and not very spontaneous. How alive do you feel? Do you feel like you're alive? Um, or do you feel tired? Especially when you're around other people, like they're exhausting you, they're depleting you. Um, are you feeling quite alone and disturbed by people? Um, you might find in your heart of hearts that you don't really want to be alone. Like you want to be loved and love others, and you want to be of help to others, and you want to care for others, and you want to give your life away to others and receive and open. You know that avarice thing? Stinginess, greed. Think about it as like the door is open or shut to your involvement in other people's lives. Are you open and connecting with others? Are you fluid moving back and forth? in your private space and in the public space? Or is all of that shut off and walled off and you're like behind a castle wall? Are you open and connecting or are you closed and withdrawn? And are you able to open the door? Are you able to open the door and let, let us in? I say this in all the videos that I'm making right now, and I don't know why, but we want to love you. We want to love you. But sometimes you make it difficult for us. I know we make it difficult for you because we feel like we're an exhaustion on you, but push back against that. That's your fear that other people are going to deplete your energy. What if other people are actually going to share their energy with you? What if you thought about it like that? Other people could be a great source of energy for me. Like they, if I, if I wasn't so concerned about them taking all of my energy, I might receive energy from them. Maybe they're trying to give to me right now. Listen, we want to love you so much, but how do we love a porcupine? How do we love a cactus? It's obvious we're frustrating you. It's obvious we're getting on your nerves. We're being too loud. And I can almost get a tear in my eyes. I think about my own father. You know, I loved my dad. And my family loved my dad. But, quite honestly, you know, when we would, when we would drive halfway across the country to see my parents, um, you know, after about three hours of interacting with his grandkids, you could tell he was done. He's done. And he wouldn't get loud and he wouldn't get ugly with him. It was just like he flipped a switch 
and you knew, like, don't bother grandpa. Come here, kids. You know, come play with mommy and daddy. We'll go outside. We'll go outside and we'll play on the patio. We'll play on the porch. We'll take the kids to McDonald's. We'll take the kids to, uh, you know, to the tourist destination. We'll take the kids to the museum. We'll take the kids to Chuck E. Cheese. We'll take the kids out. Because obviously, you know, we're being invasive and intrusive on Grandpa. Look at him wincing in pain from all of the noise. Oh, the kids are making noise. And I'm like, these grandkids, you know, are seven, five, and three years old. They're little kids. They're good kids. They're not being bad. They're just being kids. But look, look at the contortions on Grandpa's face. Oh, because we're being invasive. We're intruding his home and we're intruding his space. We're just trying to love you. And this is what love looks like. Love is intrusive. Love is invasive. And so what do we do? We just back up and we give you your space. And you know, when my dad passed away at his funeral, I was overcome with with one feeling. This is the thing I felt the most. I felt sad, and I'm a seven. I don't like feeling sad. I run away from sadness. I, 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 I throw jokes out to, to get away from sadness. I let myself feel sad. And, I, and, if I, and if I could say what I felt most sad about is all the missed opportunities. All of the missed opportunities of that my dad didn't take. All the times we wanted to connect, you know, we wanted to like sit next to him and talk. We wanted to share with him. We wanted to play. The kids, the grandkids wanted to interact with him and play with him. It's a lot of missed opportunities because in his fiveness, he just wasn't available. It was just like he might as well wear a sign that says, you know, out to lunch, not available. Please leave a message. I want you to see fives. We love you and we're trying to love you. But you might be sending a message to us in your life that you're not even aware you're sending. You don't want to be intruded on by us. And that can sometimes make you look very unavailable, very detached, very withdrawn. And that can be hard for the people that are trying to relate to you. Okay. Wow. That got a little, that got a little mushy. <sighs> okay. All right. Where are we at? Um, what you might find is that you really don't want to be alone. You want to have people in your life. Remember, what is the beginning of all this? Came into the world with a mission to connect deeply with everyone and everything. There's your heart. That's down in there somewhere. We know it is. Remember when Scrooge wakes up in the morning, everything changes, and what does he do? He connects deeply. He makes himself available once again. What happens to the Grinch? He wakes up in the you know his heart grows three times bigger than it was, and he becomes a part of the community. That's all about the five leaning into six and feeling all their four inner feelings. Okay, um, 
So, The Five becomes a zombie. A private, self-contained, quiet zombie, but a zombie just the same. Alright, now that we're 40 minutes into the video, we can talk about the checklist. Number one. Here's the list, okay? Number one. And I think I have one. I'm not going to number these because, look, she doesn't number them. So, I'll forget what number I'm on. So, check mark number one. You focus. That's, that's just stop right there. Fives are very focused. Seven has a line to five, right? When sevens are doing well, they can look a little bit like a five. One of the things that sevens do when they look like a five is they start to become more focused because sevens tend to be unfocused. Actually, we're very focused. It's just hard to focus on what's in front of us because we're so focused on what could be or what we might be doing or what we what we thought about yesterday or I like electric I like electric guitars or I like electric bicycles and I want to go do some research on those and I want to go find out more information about that and it's beautiful outside. Let's go play outside. This looks like more fun over there. So we're very focused on our little agenda. We could can, can look very unfocused to the people trying to interact with us. Fives, you guys are very focused You know, on whatever it is, you're fixated on it. You're focused on it. Fixated might be a good word to describe little fives out there. I think you would describe a little seven as being impulsive. Oh my goodness, that kid is so impulsive. Oh my goodness, they just impulsive, impulsive. I think with fives, it's like, oh my goodness, this kid is fixated, fixated, you know. Carrying around a little dinosaur. I get the image of, you know, the five carrying around a little dinosaur. Like, uh, I want to go to dinosaur world, dinosaur world, dinosaur world, dinosaur world, dinosaur world. I want to go to dinosaur world, you know. Fixated. Okay. Fixate your attention on learning new things. Cool. I love to learn new things because I hate being bored. So one of the ways to not be bored is to learn new things, is to keep your brain spinning, keep your brain revving. But you know, it's not good to just keep your brain revving as an end into itself. Why am I wanting to learn this? Because I'm bored and I don't want to be bored? That's not a really good excuse. I mean, I mean, it's better than doing other stupid things that I could be doing. Um, but look at the five. Learning new things as an end in itself and not as a means to achieve something. I think that's a good question for you is whatever you're learning right now, what are you, what are you intending on doing with that? Hmm? What are you doing? What are you doing with that? What, what, what are you going to do with this information? Because I've known fives that are starting a business. They're going to start a business. They're going to start an online business. And you know what they do? They amass one course after another on how to start an online business. They never start the business. They've got like three companies that they've started, mocked up, you know, but they're not, they haven't published them and they're not available and they're not selling any products. But man, they've got like 17 courses and, and all this information on how to network market and how to, um, how to, you know, use all these platforms um, to, to grow a business. But are you doing anything with it? Are you doing anything with it? You know, if you were healthier, and you went up that line to eight a little bit, you would be doing and not just learning, thinking, ruminating, spinning on. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with this knowledge? And don't say, well, I'm the professor and nobody ever passes my class because nobody's as smart as me. Um, if you're learning something, then... Push back on that sin of avarice and share what you're learning. You say, well, I tried that and everybody told me to shut up because I was dominating the conversation. Okay. <clears throat> Again, the dump truck. Fives, you guys are conundrums. You're like one or the other. Either you're not available or you dominate the conversation. 
Either you don't say anything or you send 10 pages of information. Either you are the minimalist or you are the hoarder. Either you are the atheist or you are the apologist for the Christian faith. It seems like you're one extreme or the other. You know what that six wing? Compliant. Compliant. How compliant are you? Can you comply with the agenda of others? Can you comply with the energy of others? Can you comply with the conversation that's being had at the table? Could you share your information in a way that is compliant to other people and and the environment? Do you have to just take over the conversation and dump your information out? You know what? People are going to go, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Why wouldn't they respond like that? They're going to respond like, oh my goodness. You know, wow. So maybe you have tried to share with others in conversation, but have you shared in a way that's compliant? Just a thought. All right. You consistently worry about maintaining your private space and time, and you avoid demands being made on you by the outside world. Maintaining your private space and time. Now, notice that word. You consistently worry. Fear type. You're worried uh, other people are going to make too much demands on your time. That being in a relation with being in a relationship with someone is going to be more difficult and more complicated than not being in a relationship with them. Somebody has said that when a, when a five decides to marry you, you should feel really grateful because they've decided that you, that the relationship is worth all of the pain that being in a relationship will cause them. You detach to observe things in people from a distance and try to understand what's going on. Now, that can be a huge strength when in the middle of crisis or conflict, we have this person who is very observant and very objective. So I I get the image of my dad sitting there on the park bench, you know, watching people pass by. And you say, well, what's wrong with that? Okay. Well, your family drove an hour away to spend the day together. Um, having a good time together. So we, we got in the car. It's a beautiful day. We drive all the way to um, Savannah, Georgia. St. Augustine, Florida. Tarpon Springs, Florida. We drive all the way to this little town to go uh, walk down the aisle and visit the shops, laugh together, eat together, play together. Where's dad? Well, he's either walking ahead of the group or walking behind the group, or he's camped out on a park bench with his arms folded and his big glasses on. I didn't see anything that I needed. Okay, well, we'll be in the store. What's wrong with dad? Dad's just dad. Again, I love my dad. Couldn't love him anymore. It's just, 
I've got all these memories of going on vacations and you might get the seven dad a little bit, you know, because he has that line to seven and you might get that jokester, prankster, fun loving guy. But then it's like the switch goes off and where's dad? Oh, doesn't really. He's not really here. He's here, but he's not really here. He's not available. He's switched off. Didn't see anything I, I couldn't live without. Okay. Curmudgeon. You detach to observe things and people from a distance. That distance can be painful to the rest of us. That's all I'm saying. Is that distance can be painful. We feel that distance. You like the distance because it it protects you from something. You feel like it does. But I want you to question that distance that you're creating. Is it protecting you or is it is it harming you? Is it keeping things out that would be good in your life that you actually really want? Cuz I want you to see that you're creating that distance. Not us. You think it's us because we're being too loud, we're being too demanding, we're being too ridiculous, we're being too noisy, we're being too... You think it's us, but it's not us, it's you. The distance, you're creating that distance. All right. You habit Because you believe that you're safer and better off with the distance between you and everybody else. And that's what I want you to question. I want you to question that. Are you really safer with that distance. Is it getting something for you? What are you giving up because of this distance? What are you giving up? You might be giving up more than you realize. Okay. You habitually consume information and knowledge more than the average person. Okay. You have, and that could be news, television. It doesn't have to be like, you know, you're reading encyclopedias all day. You got this image in your head that a five is like just reading encyclopedias. You know, they got their butterfly collection and they know every butterfly by their Latin names. I don't know that that's every five. I think some fives are just like, they, they just, they're just amassing all kinds of trivial knowledge, like television knowledge, like sports knowledge, you know, uh, news and information. It could just be that, you know, watching Judge Judy all day, that kind of thing. All right. Um, you have a difficult time connecting with or staying connected to your own emotions and to other people. We've already talked about that. It's important to you to be logical and to make sense and that other people be logical and make sense. And you might find yourself like if you're a five wing four, like my son, just being prone to point out other people being illogical, you know, or how their assumptions are based on, false information and you might feel inclined to like push back and challenge people a little bit like a debater you know an ENTP or an INTP very much like a debater challenging people the accuracy of their statements and you might actually 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 well did you know actually <clears throat> all right you actively seek to have control over your time you are sensitive 
to having to participate in interactions that might last longer than the time that you desire to give to that. This is the old bell ring, you know, phenomenon. Like fives tend to be pretty okay with interacting with people if they're confident that when the bell rings, they can get out of here. You know, when the bell rings, I'm done. Um, the bell rang, I'm out of here. But I think fives get very panicky when they don't know what's the bell that's going to ring so that I know when this is over, this is finished. Sometimes, you know, fives, <clears throat> when they can't geographically leave, they might mentally leave and withdraw. And so the person you interact with probably looks very seven-ish at the time because they're not available anymore. They've already checked out. They, they've disconnected. So you get very sensitive. They're the sensitive worry, fear. Um, other people, you know, are going to be in control of your time. Fives tend to be very good boundary-oriented people, protecting their own boundaries and respecting other people's boundaries as well. You believe that you will be depleted if people keep asking you for things or sharing their feelings with you. So you might be a little bit like apprehensive to sit down and have those in-depth, deep conversations with people about their feelings. They can feel a little exhausting. Although you're, you would be a very good person, counselor, to help people sort through those feelings and to realize that they might not be very objective. They might be basing all their worries on all, and all their fears and anxieties, spiraling down in all their feelings and thoughts. And you might help them really like reorient themselves to what is actually objectively in front of them. <clears throat> you could be super at that. Helping people see their problem in a more objective, clear way, a more even-handed level way. Because when people are anxious and worried, their problems like multiply in their head. And you as a five can be very detached and observant and help them say, you know, well, it sounds to me like you're frustrated because, and then not minimize their problem, but show them, their problem as it is, not as it's become in their, in their thinking. You specialize in specializing. You like to be an expert and like going deep in areas of specific interest. Um, you learn to identify the ways in which you disconnect. Okay. So that was her list. And then she has this little thing at the end about it's important to learn to Realize the ways in which you tend to disconnect from people and emotions to preserve your own space, time, and energy. I think that's a good word, space, time, and energy. Very important to a five. I would say a five would probably say that's the most important thing about us. Correct me if I'm wrong, which I know you will anyway. But correct me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> the most important thing about us is not what we believe. It's not what we wear. It's not where we live. It's not our language or race or ethnicity. The most important thing about us is what is the focus of our space, time, and energy? What are we focusing our energy on? And I think in that way, fives could be very helpful to the rest of us because they might challenge us. Like, why are you giving attention to this? You know, your problem is not your problem is not what's going on at work. The problem is is that you keep giving a focus and attention to that. You should detach from that and not worry about it. Not not let it consume you. Why would you give your focus and attention to people that have proven that they are jerks? Why would you focus and attention and attend to those people? You need to detach from those people. The problem isn't Marty. The problem is that you keep expecting different results with Marty. The problem is that you keep investing yourself and your energy in, in this relationship with Marty. That's the problem. And I think fives could be very helpful to the rest of us in seeing that we often like splash around our time and energy and 
and and focus of our attention without really thinking about it. Um, you might wake up to the fact that your own knowledge and your own company don't really fulfill your emotional needs and that there's a deep feeling of lack within your heart. Like you long to connect with people, but just not very sure that you're good at at that process. Okay. Um, finally, you can move toward the high side of your type by learning how you tend to hoard knowledge and avoid people and fear being depleted and seeing the ways that you tend to shut yourself off from what you need most and trust that connecting with others um, and connecting with your own heart can become more natural to you. Again, this comes from Beatrice Chestnut's new book, The Enneagram Guide to Waking Up. Fantastic book. I would encourage you to pick it up and share it with others. Um, as we're on this journey to know ourselves and love ourselves and relate to other people better and uh, open ourselves up, there's a good way to end this for type five, to be more willing to open ourselves up to what the Lord wants to give us or what the universe wants to give us, or open ourselves up to the interactions that are in front of us, to open ourselves up and make ourselves more available. Because one day the grandkids are going to grow up, and they're not going to come around anymore. And that, that opportunity will be gone. So let's not miss it, because we're afraid that they're going to exhaust us or deplete us or invade our space, or they're not going to be re relationally available to us. The opportunity is here, and once it's gone, it's gone. And so that's why it's very important that we be present to life. All right, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you. Have a great week. See you later.